0: Hello and welcome to Getting Naked With Happiness with me, Stefan Liu. Each episode, my guests will share personal stories of resilience and bear their emotions and minds openly, learn from the wisdoms that they have gained through their journeys and create your very own well-being toolkit. Last episode, Deirdre Maguire shared how she got through the pain of a father's suicide by accepting that sometimes, there is no answer to our unanswered questions. And by asking herself, how can I look at things differently? This week, we hear more from Deirdre because not only did her trauma inspire her to help others to lead better lives, she also survived cancer. Today, at 64 years old, Deirdre is a happy, fit, and healthy author and leading coach in Ireland. How did she survive cancer? Having decided against chemotherapy, radiation or surgery and what is the secret to her success and resilience? Deidre begins where she receives news of a cancer diagnosis.
1: A very special gift arrived uh, and it was cancer. Um, A lump on my neck uh, was uh, diagnosed as cancer and it came complete with um, an 18-month prognosis and you know, what What I remember most is not the solemn face of the doctor as he declared that surgery would be first followed by chemotherapy, then radiation. Uh, what I remember most is not that I was going to die. Mm. What I remember most is that I had not lived. Like stress, just like my father before me had driven my life, what I call the posh word for fear stress is the posh word for fear, and it had driven my father's life and it had driven my life. And what is stress? Stress is an avoidance of emotions, that's all it is. So,
0: um, stress is avoidance of emotion. Can you elaborate more on, on this?
1: Well, what I know is that what I have come to learn through my work is that the body. Has a coping mechanism, which is the fight or flight mechanism. Um, you know, we go into fight or flight um, or freeze. And uh, it's how to deal with bears. It's part of the oldest part of the brain from back in the day when we needed to fight bears to survive. Stress is the body's reaction to the external environment. So when we go into stress, when we are frightened, uh, we produce chemicals in our body and there are a hundred different things happen. We're getting ready for fight. We're either going to kill the bear um, or we're going to run. And, uh, or, or the third one, which is so important, which is freeze. So you and I are sitting in my kitchen, a bear comes around the corner, and I go, oh my God, let's get out of here. So I run, or you say, it's okay, Deirdre, I used to be in the circus and I know how to handle bears, and we go and deal with the bear. Or the third option is we, you know, we just sit very still, sit very quiet, the bear is really only looking for food opens the fridge and goes back out again. And and those are the three coping mechanisms that the body has for dealing with a surprise in the environment. Back in the day, it was the bear. Today, it is the the job that's causing me pressure, the relationship that isn't working, how to deal with my parents, um, how to deal with old traditions. Here in Ireland, we have we're very heavily Christian based old tradition and it's um, it really hasn't been healthy and we're, we're turning things around, but that, that was part of my stress. How did I deal with the confines of a restricted repressed uh, culture? That's what I, that's my understanding mm. of what stress is. So.
0: I think that's a great analogy because in terms of saying the three parts of stress responses, we fight or flight or freeze. And very often I think fight or flight is a good response. Sometimes freeze is may not be a, such a good response because we get stuck after a long time if we are in a frozen state. So, well, that's
1: that, that's what happens to children. That's you know this is what I explain to my clients when I explain all this to them, and I say you know when you come into the world you're perfect, but you came into an imperfect world, and they had their problems, and they being. Your primary caregivers, whether it is your parents, or whether you were in, whether your parents were dead and you're in an orphanage, whether you were wherever you are, like my primary caregivers were the nuns in the boarding school. Mm. They were my primary caregivers at that point. And when you're at that point of your life, you cannot fight the bear or flight. You're stuck. So you there's a lot of you freezes because adults to a child are the equivalent of twelve foot giants. So, so do if th- a 12-foot giant come into the mm-hmm. room now, I'm going to damn well do what the 12-foot giant says, you know?
0: Yeah. So do you think that we learn how to freeze so that when we, so we learn to freeze when we were younger and we brought some of this frozen state into our adult state and when we are challenged by our daily stresses or adversities of lives, we, instead of running or fighting, we freeze. What do you think about yeah.
1: that? Absolutely. I believe, you know, the fight or flight is the easy one. You get you get angry. Angry is the big one, the fight one. It looks so bravado, okay? And and then the flight is the scary one, the one where you avoid and you run away. And that, you know, leads to the, you know, the addiction, addictive behaviors. But mm. the freeze is when you're absolutely stuck and you have no way. And that's, you know, I deal a lot with suicide because of my father's suicide. And that's where people are. People are frozen. They're stuck. They, they can't nothing's working Mm. And, and they they don't know what to do to move forward and that's what i see as the free state and it has been a coping skill that we learned you know it's not an illness there's nothing wrong with you it's actually your best coping skill that you used when you were in the trauma as a child as a teenager whenever it happened in those formative years and you couldn't handle what was going on, but there was nowhere to go. And you, you can't leave home. You're not big enough. You, you're not old enough. So what do you do? You, you quieten down. And there's a part of you shuts down. You actually shut down. And that's what freeze is. So when my clients come to me, they have been shut down for quite a while. And my job is to, to open them up. To safely allow them to, to you know, the opposite of freeze—if you think of an ice cube—and the opposite is for it to thaw, is for it to melt. Yeah. Well, that's my job. My job is to m- help you to thaw out, to relax, mm. to feel safe within yourself, that you're not back there.
0: Oh, I like that. So, <laughs> thaw, yeah. thaw out, and melt the right. stress away. Okay. Yeah. And Coming back to,
1: I I, I I like to say I made peace with cancer.
0: You make peace with cancer. Okay. Do you use the same technique that you you reframe after the passing of your dad? Do you use the same technique to to make peace with cancer? Can you share a bit more?
1: Well, it's. Um, what I did was I dealt with dad and, and then I became the life coach. And then I thought, okay, hey, ho, here we go. Life's great. I was traveling the world. Everyone was great. And then, you know, the gift that wasn't from Amazon cancer and an 18 month prognosis. And um, it, this was the time to put my money where my mouth was. You know, all the skills that I had acquired about emotional intelligence and personal power and reframing and all of that, And here was the biggest one of all cancer. Oh my God. Some people can't even say the word. Some people whisper the word. Some people call it the big C because it's so scary, you know. And all the references that I had in my mind for cancer uh, came to the fore. Mm. But I knew in my heart, I knew that the mind expresses itself in the body. I'd worked with enough people to know that when you do not deal with emotions, traumas. They, they express in the body and they show up as fibromyalgia, as MS, as heart attacks, as but cancer. They even show up as cancer. Mm. And uh, so people think when they operate from the medical model that we have been conditioned to believe in, basically you're okay until something goes wrong and that you're a victim and the only thing that's going to sort you out is a drug or surgery yeah you know and that's not how i see it and i had lived in the world the alternative world where i could see i had evidence that what we what we think in our mind expresses in the body you know in yes. the simplest terms if you think a thought if i said to you think about You know, your cat, and you go all warm and mushy because you love your cat. And then I say, Well, think about Hiroshima, or think about Brexit, or think about climate change. Well, then you think a different thought, you feel a different feeling in your body. On the simplest, from the simplest perspective, that's the truth. So I knew that, but here was now, wow, you're going to the hospital, and these doctors are saying, No, no, no. We're going to, you know, we're going to get a mask fitted especially for your head so that we can shoot radiation at you um, and you and the rest of you will not be um affected. And by the way, we're not we're not going to be in the room because we're, you know, it kills you. So I said, no, I, I'm not doing that. So and I wasn't going to have the surgery, Stefan, and initially my story was that I was using my release technique um, and dealing with all the traumas from the past. And, and I had lots of them and releasing them using what, the same principle that I'm talking to you about, that these holograms in our head are not real now and that we can release the emotions attached to them and reframe them. And then we create new neural pathways in the brain and the unconscious settles down and we don't go into fight or flight so easily, so we don't cause stress in the body. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're in fight or flight, you can be taking all the shots of wheatgrass that you like, you can Mm -hmm. be taking all the supplements, but your immune system is shut down because your body is ready for war. These are biological, neurological facts Mm -hmm. that when you go into fight or flight, because the body's getting ready to fight or flight, then the immune system shuts down, the digestive system shuts down, the, the blood system shuts down, all kinds of things happen. So hey ho, if you're sitting, you know, taking terrified of chemotherapy and hoping that it's going to fix you, your body's in too much shock for me. I'd but my my life journey is not about whether or not to use chemotherapy what you believe to be true is more important than anything. So if you believe chemotherapy is the big guns, I remember working with a client and once her chemotherapy stopped, she, she was not happy. Well, She loved getting her chemotherapy because it made her feel safe. Well, that girl is thriving because of what she was doing in her head. Mm. There's a fact they did an experiment where they gave fake radiation, fake radiation to people, two hundred people, and forty percent of them their hair fell out.
0: It's also you know, a lot about um, the uh, placebo effect, right? Yeah.
1: That's the power of the mind. What you believe to be true is true for you. So, what are you believing in this present moment? Mm. You no. Know? Yesterday, I'll tell you quickly, yesterday I went to the gym. I'm a CrossFit athlete and uh, I go to uh, the gym. I went up yesterday and I'm so excited because last, like I say, I've never been older, I've never been fitter and I've never been happier. You know, I'm 64 next month and uh, I, I'm i buzzing. And uh, so anyway, I went to the gym and I got the time wrong. Um, so we're in the gym. there There's a 5.30 class and a 6.30 class. So the 5.30 class are leaving. So the gym's packed. The 5.30 class are leaving. The 6.30 class is coming in. I'm there in the 6.30 class. We start to do the exercises. And one of the guys said to me, you're not supposed to be here, Deirdre. And what I had done was I had mixed up my times. And I was supposed to be in the 5.30 class. So I... so. I had to leave. And it was the first time it had happened to me. And the guy said to me, you need to leave. So there I am in the gym, packed with people. And I have to set down my gear and leave the gym and walk out. So when he said it to me, in that moment, I caught, I knew what was going to happen. I knew I was going to be asked to leave. So I very quickly, I just said, do you mean I get to go home? Like I flipped it immediately. So I get to go home. Like I don't want to, I don't have to do the workout. Even though I really wanted to do the workout. And he went, he started to laugh. And then I left the gym. Now, when I got into the car, my I was in fight or flight. My heart was racing. I felt all old stuff from school that I had been thrown out of the classroom that I had been rejected that I had been. Now it all felt real. Mm. Even though it wasn't real, it definitely felt real to me because we give meaning to life, not because of what's happening, but because of our past references. The unconscious, the intelligent idiot is saying, "You'll never. Go, we'll never go back there. You stay at home. Those people don't like you. All mm. this stuff that you make up in your head. Now, I use my release technique. You know, I in my mind, I go dead end, dead end. There is no point in going down that rabbit hole because it's not real, even though it feels real. The emotions are in my body. Nothing else could be true. How can I look at this differently? The solution to every problem is the same. And I within five minutes, I had caught it. And I thought to myself, they're, they're doing their job. They, they can't have people coming at the wrong time because it's not safe. It's et cetera, et cetera. Even though my nephew owns the gym and I'm family and, and the girl who said to me, you need to leave, you know, she gave the ultimate instruction. She was in charge of the gym and she, you know, she's my nephew's partner. We're family. So I could go a different, I could say, I'll never be back. I'll never speak to her again. How dare she? Da, da, da. You can make, you can do anything in your mind. What did I do? I went back to the gym this morning. Now, I I kept company with my, I was not going in laughing and saying it's all okay. I was fragile. I felt the feelings, but I allowed them to be there. And I kept company with them. And I released them as I went. And then I went, I got back into my car and I went home. And today, now I have recovered. I'm fine. I'm, today, now I'm ready to make f- a joke about it. I'll say, you know, I'm the only one who ever got thrown out of the gym. Or, you know, I got excommunicated from my church. <laughs> you know, I'll make, I'll make a joke of it yeah because but it's not you can't do it until you've done the other work the releasing of the stuff that you felt i felt rejected i felt foolish i felt ashamed i felt stupid that's all old references Mm. but when you change it you create new neural pathways and every time you do it you're less likely to fall into the trap of it again
0: i this is interesting because when you talk about being told to leave the gym and you yeah. went into the fight and flight mode and when you went into the car you said that you spent five minutes to arrest that thought. And it took you five minutes to, to, to configure, to recalibrate your thoughts and to distinguish between a reaction and a response. Exactly. You And you converted that fear, the anxiety, that older references and you chose a response. And then the next very day, you went back to the gym, despite feeling vulnerable, despite feeling uncertain or even anxious, you went ahead. And because of that, you put yourself, you didn't avoid the discomfort. You confronted it, you went ahead with it and now you reconfigured it back. I think that was really useful for many people because we... Sometimes we tend to jump to a conclusion, or we tend to jump to projections, and we become the victim of the scenario, right? Yes. And if I could just follow up quickly, um, related to your practice as you go to the gym, and besides going to the gym, well, apart from physical activities, what other sort of could you share a daily habit or practice that you do for your well-being besides that?
1: Well, I um, uh, in the stress solution system is my daily practice. And essentially what I do is I bookend my day. I start my day and I end my day with my gratitude. Um, I, um, I write out, it's not enough just to, um, to think it, although you can do it if you're busy or, but I, this is my commitment. This is my non-negotiable. What's non-negotiable in my life. This is non-negotiable. No matter what happens, this is what I do. I have a couple of non-negotiables in my life. One of them is to make my bed every day. I do not get out of bed. No matter how late I am, I will not leave the bed unmade um, because that I've completed something. As soon as I get out of bed, I've completed something. And it's there to remind me when I come back in the evening that I completed the task.
0: So one of the would be making a bait and uh, the other one would be gratitude.
1: I make my bed, I write three things I'm grateful for, I set my gratitude intention for the day, you know, I set I write out my goal, my long term. My law I write this every day, you know, I will reach a hundred thousand people or more with the stress solution system in honor of my tribe, which is my parents. Okay. Mm. Both my parents are dead now. Um, my mom died uh, eight months ago, and um, so so I um, I do my gratitude because I know the science, the biology, that when you think a good thought, you send good chemicals into the body. And I uh, do my gratitude. I do my exercise. I eat healthily, as um, you know. I I'm pretty much. Um, vegetarian now I don't eat meat I, I'm pescatarian I will eat fish sometimes but I even stop that uh, And but my intention for the day uh, is to have a good day to have a, a, a the best day I can to show up as my best self
0: and I know that you also do ice baths. can you share with us a bit more about ice oh. bathing
1: <laughs>
0: I need to go there <laughs> oh
1: my lord. Well, so <laughs> yeah. um I'm I'm I do a lot of things, you know, I'm I'm always interested in finding out more. So um I live um I live in Ireland, we live in a seaside community and we go every Sunday, I go with my CrossFit people okay. uh, to there's a group of us and we go swimming in the sea every Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Okay. Um Wow. Yes. And we just we literally go in, and we're in for you know maximum five minutes, and back out again, and then we go for breakfast. So we've linked the mind's great ability to link things together. So uh, I enjoy the 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 swim, and then I enjoy the connection with my uh, community, and we have a, a lovely breakfast, and it's really that's my Sunday church, you know. Okay. And And uh, so then uh, I my nephew who does a podcast with me, Mark Toner, it's called the Mark Toner podcast. And, uh, we now do one on a weekly basis and, uh, I will be, we will be giving your podcast a shout out, uh, when we do, uh, when we do that. Absolutely. And, uh, that the Mark Toner podcast tells the whole story of his journey and my journey. So Mark, uh, my nephew who owns the gym, mm-hmm. Uh, almost two years ago, was uh, suicidal. I went into the gym one morning and he calls me Dot. Uh, It's a term of endearment for me. He said, um, uh, can I see you after the class, Deirdre? And I said, yeah, okay. And I thought it was something to do with CrossFit. And um, this was his reaching out moment. And he reached out to me and um, I did, he was suicidal. He was ready to throw the rope up. Remember, my father is his grandfather, mm. and uh, he was twelve when his grandfather took his own life and he too has a, has a great life he's gorgeous looking he's built he's got a successful business, he has a beautiful partner she 's gorgeous. they run it together, but on the inside, he had problems. So I did the work uh, that day, and he said the next class, one hour later, one hour later, Stefan. He said the next class he took was the best class he had taken in his life. And because the lowest point is the turning point and he had to ask for help. So he set off on a journey. He, he, I remember him coming to see me and he's saying, does it, do, do people know about this? Do people know about this? And I said, well, there are people who do. He's like, seriously, this is unbelievable because he had been so trapped in his head. And, uh, so he he the ultimate result of that was that he started his podcast and he just keeps opening up more and more and more and more and more. So one of the things that he discovered or one of the people that he discovered was Wim Hof, and mm. I don't know if you've heard of Wim Hof. And um, yes, yeah, I was uh, we'll watching
0: his YouTube channel. Yeah, please share with us more about Wim Hof in and your. So Wim,
1: uh, Wim uh, the synchronicities are unbelievable because uh, Wim Hof. Uh, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. What I didn't know, that actually his wife took her own life. And he, they had five children. So she, she, he was working on improving the quality of his emotional life. And he discovered that breathing, which is the lead horse to the autonomic system, So when, when you're breathing, that's when you go into free, when you go into freeze, you stop breathing because the body has stopped breathing. So he saw the connection between emotions and breathing. So you need to go and look him up, but ultimately he overcame the autonomic system of the body, which is the automatic system. And he realized that if he could use breathing to override his autonomic system, that he could actually heal his body. So based on that premise, he started doing ice baths. He started going into the snow, spending time in cold temperatures. He ultimately went up Everest in his shorts. And then he started taking people with MS, with fibromyalgia, with chronic disease, and he took them up the mountain and when they were able to override their system which is what i'm doing in a different way then you can heal the body so a part of that is the ice bath and apparently i didn't know this until last week apparently people have been doing ice baths for thousands of years i haven't looked it up yet but apparently so so here my nephew mark is He's like a child in a candy store (laughs) reading all these books, wanting to know everything, spending all day, every day, watching YouTube videos, learning more, learning more. And he discovered Wim Hof and he discovered the ice bath and he bought an ice bath. Now, this is a guy that was going to live in Australia because he Mm. couldn't stand the cold Irish winters. And suddenly in the middle of summer, he is in an ice bath. So I saw it and I thought, I want to know more about that. And one of the girls that go swimming with me, she bought one and was really enjoying it, but they delivered two by mistake. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I found myself saying to her, well, sure, I'll take the other one. So I end up with this ice, ice bath in, uh, in my garden thinking, okay, I'll give this a go. So once your mind is opened up to the adventure of life, when you let go of all those old, crappy, debilitating beliefs in your head that you think are the truth, like you're not good enough, you don't deserve it, you're stupid, you're too old, you're too fat, you're too young, you're too thin, you're the wrong color, you're the wrong creed, you're the raw in the wrong part of the world, When you let go of those limiting beliefs in your head and you start to adopt a new set of beliefs, these are my beliefs. I will give them to you from the stress solution system. I call them the pillars of truth. Here they are one, I am the expression of life. Two, you are the expression of life. Three, We are all one. Four, life source. The intelligence behind life has got my back. Always. Five, I am safe. Six, I belong. Seven, I serve and receive. Now, those are my pillars of truth, which I made up myself because I knew that the belief system that my unconscious mind was using was pretty shitty. Mm. It was like, you're not good enough. You're stupid. You're too old. All of those things. You're going to go to hell. If you commit a sin, you'll go to hell. Hell Hello. Let go of that one. Mm. And when you operate from a better belief system, you're open to what's possible so give me the ice but let me give me one of those things let me see what they're talking about what's Wim Hof talking about I'll give that a go and I couldn't believe it Stefan I filled it with water I got my swimsuit on I'll send you a photograph later as my okay. swimsuit on with with my hat with my winter hat and I got down into it and I breathed. and you don't get into it going oh <laughs> like you know no no you override the system and I can tell you this Stefan, the water is not cold. Wow. It's the weirdest experience. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like a meditation. Now I, I only, I've only had it for a week, Okay. but I, yeah, but I've been doing the swimming in the sea. Okay. Every Sunday, but, but this is a different experience, quietly. I showed you the view that I have and I just get in. And in that moment, suddenly everything stops. The noise in the head stops and Mm. you can hear the birds. You can just hear the birds. You can hear the wind, you hear a distant cow mooing. And in that moment, you're in the present moment because that's all we have. Mm. When they said I was going to die from cancer, I had to learn to live in the present moment. You know, after the cancer, and I said no to the chemotherapy and radiation, I was terrified. I thought, mm. oh my, you know, I was terrified. It wasn't easy. But I, the my, the deepest part of me knew. So... I would get a creak. I would feel a creak in my back and I go, Oh my God, that's the cancer moving around. Hello. That's just a thought. Mm. In that that moment I would counteract and I go, my body knows exactly how to heal. My body knows exactly how to heal. And that's how I did it by living in the present moment. You know, when I think the thought, Oh my God, I'm dying. Hello. Am I dying now? Now, right here, right now, am I dying? Well, no, I'm actually alive. So let me live now in this moment and then the next moment and then the next moment and then the next Mm -hmm. moment. And that's how we do it. Of course, we have hopes and dreams and aspirations, but those dreams are fulfilled by present moment living. And that's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm... Trying to do and and so I'll give the ice bath a go. I haven't put any ice in it yet, Stefan. I just put it's the water's four degrees. Mm. So I'll see what it's like when I'm going to the store to buy buckets of ice and and put them in it. And I might never I might never do it. I might never you know, I'm free, I'll do what I want and but we'll see.
0: There's so many good points in this discussion and this chat. Thank you, Deirdre. I think it has been a great conversation. Once again, we spoke about the power of the mind and how changing our thoughts can actually change our physical health. We'll talk about our three responses to stress and how we can override these responses to build a healthier mind and body. For those who didn't catch the last episode, I highly recommend you to give it a listen. It is another episode full of insights from Deirdre, who shares how she came to terms with her father's suicide. We also discussed this idea of reframing the mind to get through trauma. reach out to Deirdre, or find out more details about her books and ideas at DeirdreMaguire.com, which is spelled as D-E-I-R-D-R-E-M-A-G-U-I-R-E.com And thank you once again, Deirdre, for another wonderful episode. And for those listening, do share your thoughts and comments with me on Getting Naked With Happiness Facebook page or Instagram. Have a good week ahead.